Welcome to the Global Policy Review Podcast. Every month, we'll be joined by special guests as we explore the world of tech policy and its impact on industry and society. I'm your host, Dana Poponete. In this episode, we tackle one of, if not the most talked about topics at the moment, artificial intelligence. AI deployments are undoubtedly transforming society from mitigating climate change to enhancing cloud security and creating efficiency. As governments increasingly turn their attention to creating policy frameworks, fostering international collaboration, and building standards for AI, there are many aspects that need to be taken into consideration. To tell us more about how we can shape the future of AI responsibly, I am joined by Var Shankar, Director of Policy at the Responsible AI Institute. Welcome, Var. Great to have you join us. Great to be here. Thanks for having me, Dana. Awesome. So... Over the past few years, we've witnessed a clear proliferation in the number of policy-related discussions tied to AI, and of course, jurisdictions around the world are taking differing approaches on the issue. So EU, you've got the EU AI Act, which looks at regulating the use of AI, taking a risk-based approach, um, and obviously the AI Act is currently in the negotiation phase. On the other hand, you have approaches like the one taken by the UK, where in an effort to avoid heavy-handed legislation that could potentially stifle innovation a wait-and-see method is preferred. What are your thoughts? Is it too early to regulate AI? Are we already too late, or is this the right moment in time? Yeah, it's a great question. So my view is that it's the right time to be having this conversation. So even a couple of years ago, a lot of organizations were doing great work in the responsible AI space, but AI issues were not yet ripe in the public imagination the way they are today. And, you know, part of that is just because we've seen some of the harms play out in different contexts. Part of that is GPT-4 and the success of large language models. Today, I think we see public awareness of AI among, you know, everywhere in the world and as well as among lawmakers and experts. So I feel like it's a good place to move forward because we're, we're mostly on the same page and in favor of guardrails. I think the challenge is going to be to how to move in a coordinated way and how to move quickly. But I would say it's as good a time as any to be having the conversation. You mentioned we need to act in a coordinated way, but I think it's, before going on to that question, I think it's really important to discuss how and understand how policymakers can ensure that their policies are adaptable and flexible enough For example, at the EU level right now, they're talking about ensuring that AI regulation is future-proof to ensure that it keeps up with the rapidly evolving nature of AI. What do you think policymakers should do? Yeah, so I think having closer cooperation among different regions of the global economy is really important. Not just, you know, obviously the OECD has been kind of bringing together a lot of different parties in this conversation. We also have US and EU involved in high-level conversations. And it's not just AI, right? It's AI's impact on everything, including trade, including manufacturing and and other areas too. So I think that, you know, policymakers are increasingly aware that there's different challenges and risks in different contexts, and they're talking to each other. So I, th- I think one way to be adaptable and, and to be flexible is to have a goal of robust laws, but also to refer to AI standards and certification programs and other kinds of soft law that focuses on specific use cases and the impact of AI in those use cases. So that's the view of 
our organization, the Responsible AI Institute, and we're focused on AI certification at the use case level. So Donna, as you mentioned, the EU AI Act is already kind of pondering a lot of these, these issues. It has a presumption of conformity with for systems that are built according to harmonized standards to the extent that those standards meet the requirements of the AI Act. So that's kind of one way to, quote-unquote, future-proof the legislation. And then in addition to kind of our, our efforts at the Responsible AI Institute to develop a certification program, we've also been watching and participating closely in two efforts. So one is the ISO 42001 AI for Management System Standard, which is under development and for which I'm on the ISO Mirror Committee. It's going to be published sometime this fall and likely to be a major standard in the space. And then the other one, which is already published, is the NIST AI RMF. And I recently co-authored an article on our blog with Reva Schwartz from NIST and Ashley Casavan, our executive director, where we kind of describe how the AI RMF is general, but we're going to be seeing it illustrated in specific contexts through implementation profiles on through a NIST portal. And so we'll see how it kind of applies to different use cases and, and how it applies to organizations of different sizes. And so it'll bring that context-specific lens to what's otherwise a very general framework. So going back to your question, I think it's important to have strong laws, but also to develop and apply standards and certification programs to specific contexts. Thank you very much. And Actually, you, you mentioned context and the need to contextualize discussions and how we implement this into practice. And I'll, I'll go on to that in, in the next question. But I'd be keen to hear your thoughts on what the primary considerations on what you think the primary considerations should be for policymakers when they are looking at developing policies for responsible AI. And if you had to give some advice to, say, policymakers who are just starting to think about this. What would you say to them and how would you advise them to go about doing so? Yeah, those are big, big questions. So I think there's there's kind of a context-specific considerations piece and then there's kind of a broader AI impacts piece. So at a context-specific level, there's a pretty well-developed set of considerations. You know, different frameworks call them different things. At the Responsible AI Institute, we, we have six of them, and their system operation, explainability, accountability, consumer protection, bias, and robustness and safety. So those are kind of, within each context, kind of the big buckets that we consider when thinking about both possibilities and risks of a specific AI system, and that can also be taken into account when developing policies. And then at the broader level, I think that there are also issues of making sure that the gains from AI are shared broadly across society, that we're moving in an internationally coordinated way, and that AI itself is not kind of interfering in our political processes. So those are kind of the things that, that's how I would think about it, you know, at a really specific level in, in those buckets, and then at a broader level, kind of thinking through the impacts on society writ large. So you mentioned context again, and it's clear that it's unavoidable and that when translating responsible AI principles into practice, this is, this is a key consideration. So what is the significance of interdisciplinary and international collaboration in the development of responsible AI policies? And what kind of collaboration is actually needed between 
different stakeholders, you know, including governments, industry, academia, civil society. What are what are your thoughts on this on this aspect? Yeah, so I think it's increasingly clear that everybody has a role to play. This is not just a conversation for the technology industry, people from different backgrounds all over the world should have a voice in in what what guardrails we have. So we also know that the technology is improving quickly and so it's important to have a feedback loop that kind of takes into account all the perspectives of the groups that you mentioned quickly. So I think one of our efforts at the Responsible AI Institute is to build networks across government, industry, academia, and civil society to kind of close that feedback loop and close some of the gaps as they apply to specific issues. So as an example, a lot of the cutting edge research on AI discrimination in healthcare comes from a small group of academic teams from a few institutions around the world. And so having conversations now between these academics, between the healthcare organizations that are thinking about how to put these systems in place, the regulators of the healthcare system, and civil society organizations and advocates can help make sure that in, you know, for example, the latest research coming out of these institutions informs industry best practices and then informs potential regulatory frameworks in a timely way. And you mentioned a couple of other things across your previous two answers. Again, talking about discrimination, talking about equitable distribution. How can policymakers actually ensure that the benefits of AI are distributed equitably across society and what policies or frameworks can be put in place to address issues of bias and discrimination? Yeah, so I think a a small part of the solution is expanding access to AI resources. So currently we see just a, a few big labs creating cutting edge models. I think I'm very supportive of the U.S. government's effort to create a national AI research resource, which provides computing power, data, and support to researchers and to the general public. I think it's likely to improve understanding of and access to AI systems and to involve more people in the conversation. But like I mentioned, that's just a small piece of of the puzzle. I always go back to talking about being context-specific bias might mean something different or have different implications, even in closely related contexts. So developing a nuanced understanding of, you know, with both the social elements and the technical elements of bias and potential impacts is is really important. And then I think as we were just chatting about, a lot of the issues presented by AI will need to be addressed in broader policy areas. So, you know, For equitable distribution, you'll need to talk about economic policy, tax policy, trade policy, international coordination, as well as, you know, how each of those plays out in different sectors. And so this is definitely an area where the impacts of AI will require lawmakers to think beyond just AI policy. So you mentioned expanding access to AI resources and how regulating AI is is not just about AI, but it encompasses a whole array of of different types of policy, economic, trade, social policy, and all that. But what role do you think AI literacy plays into this conversation? I think that more than anything, it's important from literacy perspective to make sure that people are confident participating in the conversation, because a lot of the time, you know, people are like, well, I'm not an AI expert, so I, I don't necessarily have 
a view on this subject. But then if you kind of describe a couple of examples, they have really important insights that you wouldn't necessarily just have when thinking through it in a technical way. And so I think make it, yeah, definitely education policy is another part of the piece. Making sure that people build confidence in AI-related issues, are, are familiar with the major issues. And then once they're in organizations, also breaking down that AI is not necessarily something totally new. Data governance has been around for a long time. Role-relevant education and training within organizations has been around for a long time. Sustainability, responsible business practices, all of these are areas that can be built upon to get to responsible AI. And so there, there's many different ways or angles from which you can enter the conversation. And I think the most important one is probably this organizational culture. So, you know, ha having a good organizational culture where everybody's points of views are taken into account and people from all kinds of different backgrounds are brought into AI-related conversations, I think is really important. Are there any existing policy frameworks or guidelines for responsible AI that you think are particularly promising at this stage? And what do you think we can learn from them? By we, I mean businesses, I mean governments, civil society. What are the main takeaways? So we give this a lot of thought in developing our context-specific certification program. And so it varies by which use case you're talking about. For example, for automated lending, there's already a fairly well-established regulatory regime that has great frameworks, including for automation. That, that would need to be considered. In healthcare, there's a lot of great work happening in software as a medical device and thinking about the interconnectedness and, and instant feedback and how to kind of automate monitoring of those systems. And then at a more broad level, I think the two that I mentioned earlier, the NIST AI risk management framework is, is really good in terms of setting you know, common definitions and common resource portal for industry and for people interested in how the AI RMS kind of looks like an implementation in, in companies of different sizes or in different industries. I think that's, that's a really, really key framework. And then the ISO AI for Management Systems 42001, I think is a great international standard. A lot of organizations are already familiar with ISO standards. I think 27001 is the big one, and then 27701 and a bunch of related ones. And so 42001 speaks in a similar language. And so I feel like it's a good way for organizations to kind of just think about it as leveling up and going a step further on the work they've already done. And so I think it's promising in that way. Thank you. That was really comprehensive. And I think our listeners are definitely keen to hear about what you think are the best practices right now. As we wrap up, it would be good to look to the future because there's a lot to look to in terms of AI. We've only just begun to scratch the surface and we've talked about some of the things, the, the challenges, the things that we need to consider, but maybe just to summarize, what do you believe are the most significant challenges, but also the opportunities for responsible AI policy development? We're definitely still in early days here. So I think beyond the current challenges of regulating AI at the use case level, there are broader issues that will need to be addressed over a longer period of time. And so a few of them we've already talked about, you know, making making sure that economic gains are broadly shared, making sure that we're working in an internationally coordinated way, and then making sure that AI isn't interfering in our 
political processes. So whether that's through automated lobbying or personalized persuasion via social media. So I think those are kind of the broader issues and they go well beyond just AI policy into economic policy, future of work considerations, international trade considerations. But then I think it's also definitely important to, to think about the possibilities. So improving access to, to AI systems, I think, is, is a really important policy objective as well, so that the conversation isn't just within a few technology companies and among regulators. And so it's not necessarily a narrow conversation to be had. And I'm sure that as, you know, in a few years, there might be other broader considerations at a, at a societal level whether they be environmental or, or related to mental health, that are kind of offshoots of the AI conversation. Well, thank you so much for your time, Bar, and for your insights. That was an extremely great conversation. And thank you so much for your time. Yeah, it was really great to speak with you. And thanks again for having me. Thank you for tuning in to the Global Policy Review. If you like this episode and would like to hear more from our experts, you can subscribe via the link in our description or by visiting accesspartnership.com.